I wanted to do this series for a while, and obviously I have no idea what's going to happen in 20 years. Um, but I thought if I could just do a visionary talk, um, sort of like what's in my head or in my heart, maybe more importantly, a vision for our church family together. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to think of the right way to start it. And um, I, it came to me on the airplane. Uh, on the way back home, uh, I got on the plane, and uh, there was a guy up more in the first-ish class area, an area I know nothing about, only dream of, an area I dream of. Um, Footrests and champagne, I think, or whatever they do up there. And they just tease you, you walk past it all. And then uh, I saw a guy, <clears throat> he wasn't all the way in the first, but maybe in the first ish class, and he had a he had a prayer shawl or something. Now let me let me be very clear. I'm not I'm not gonna describe this guy's particular religion to you. I think I think I know what it what it is or was, um, because I'm I'm not trying to degrade his religion because I think this happens in every religion, okay? So don't miss what I'm saying. But he had his thing, and he was getting it ready. I think he was getting it ready for the flight, and he kept doing it like this and wrapping it, and, and how many know there's not a lot of room on airplanes, and people are getting their bags and, and et cetera, and, and I mean, everybody should practice their religion. I get that, and all of a sudden, he takes this thing, and he whips, and it's got long tails on it, and he whips the guy behind him, you know, who's on his phone, and I saw the guy's face, and he was not happy, right, and he had this very annoyed look on his face, and, and I could read his mind, and, he, and in his mind, he said, play over it. Just play over it. Let the guy get his prayer thing attached, how he needs to get attached. Um, but a few minutes later, the guy wasn't happy, and he kept doing it, and he whipped the guy in the face about three times with his prayer shawl. And, um, and I could just see, how, finally, the third time, the guy never reacted. He just rolled his eyes, and the eye roll said it all. Like, haven't we had enough of this kind of religion where you go through all your gyrations to make whatever deity happy but you don't care about how it affects the people that are around you. Clueless, completely did not care. I don't care if my prayer shawl whips you in the face. This is about me and what? God. And I know God is smiling on me as I whip you in the face with my prayer shawl. <laughs> This, well, I, mean, I don't know. What is it? And I'm not degrading that religion because I've seen it happen in the name of dozens of religions. It's missing the point. And I think that illustrated to me what I wanted when Orchard Grove started for it to be all about. I felt like at times in the Christian church, we were missing the point. That we were whipping people in the face to make God happy. We were doing all these gyrations and all these exercises, and the main thing was, God's happy with me now. Sorry for the rest of you. When I thought, as I read about Jesus, that Jesus was really all about how is my life affecting the people around me? Dare I say, Jesus might have been the guy that didn't get his prayer shawl right, but made sure the guy behind him was happy. Oops, I made three of you mad. He didn't have it adjusted right, 
Isn't that why he was always under fire from the religious establishment? You're not getting it right. Your prayer shawl is not here. This isn't right. And so Jesus was like, yeah, but I, I don't, there's not room on this flight to whip my prayer shawl around. I should consider my brothers and my what? Sisters. And I went to church service after church service after church service. And we were so intent on making God happy with us. The way we sang, he was either happy or, oh, you didn't sing well enough, he's not happy. And what was going on around us? Yes, it was talked about, but it was definitely secondary. When I saw that, it, it just drove home to me, this is what I'm trying to say. Now, Orchard Grove's different. So, if you're coming in new or you're coming in midstream, let me just say a couple things. There are so many great churches out there that do that, that get you getting your prayer shawl just right. And that you can walk out there with 100% certainty that you and God are, mm, they're everywhere. I don't disparage them. I, I, I can give you the address. I can drive you there. I can do whatever you need. But we aren't them. And it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Wait, wait a minute. But, but we're not them on purpose. It's, there's a reason. There's a reason. And I want to help you understand that reason as this, as this series progresses. And I'm not trying to be them. So the, the, the agreement that we can make with one another is I won't criticize you for being a bad church member. How many of you know, let's just take a little survey, who here would be criticized for the way you attend, support, or are involved in this church if you were at another church? You'd be in trouble with me, people. I won't criticize you for being a bad church member. If you don't criticize me for being a bad pastor, I am trying to do something that I hope and I believe is good from the bottom of my heart. And what I would hope for is this. You and I can make the world a better place. I'm pretty sure that's what Jesus was about. Um, on our trip, I hope someday you could take it with us as well. We went to follow in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. We landed in a town called Thessalonica. And um, today it's called Thessaloniki. And uh, it's, this, it's the same thing where you get the... Uh, letter to the church in Thess Thessalonica and your scriptures. And it's the same place where in Acts 17 it says Paul and the disciples went and they, they caused a ruckus or they, they made a ruckus because of what they talked about. And um, they said about him, they said, these guys have turned the world upside down. They've turned the world upside down. This is what I want to talk about, turning the world upside down. Or, may I say it this way, turning the world right side up. It was like everything's this way, and then Paul and his band comes in, and he upends everything. All of a sudden, the things that were important are not important. Here, we have to start with turning things upside down. We have to start to remember what's important and what is not important. There are a lot of things that are just not important. They're not important. Jesus talked about this. Question. 
Was the Sabbath important? No. Trick question, huh? Well, it was fine. It's good. It's part of his religion. But on any given occasion, he could easily what? Dismiss it. But it's a Bible verse. Am I, you want to talk about Jesus or you want to talk about Bible verses? What do you guys want to talk about? He just, he just threw it out. He's like, well, that's not going to work right here because I'm going to have to heal this guy. You're not allowed to. The establishment, you know, it's, it's the wrong day. Uh, is anybody with me? You have to push to something new, push to something better. One, two, three, push to something better. You got to leave what's heavy behind. That was heavy. It, it got them to a certain place, and Jesus pushed to something new. We need something new based on love. The basis is love. Jesus, over and over and over again, tried to teach this. So, how do you do this? How do you turn the world upside down? Everyone has a speech about that every once in a while in their church. Let's turn the world upside down. Let's change the world. Let's make the world a better place. But it's not by becoming better at wrapping our prayer shawls or whatever weird religious exercise makes us incongruent with humanity. It's got to be about changing this. Here's what matters. Here's what matters. Here's what matters. Ready? The change in the human heart. The change in the human heart. We do what's in our heart. We do what's in our heart. So for me to change what you do on Sunday morning, which seems like the goal of most church experiences, to get you to not golf and to come here, the main goal is to get you to not golf and come here. And then you got, what a great Christian. That kid, that guy never misses. You can get applause, you can get awards, you can, you can get wet, we can baptize, you can get all these things if you can stop golfing and come here. But isn't that a shallow goal? The goal is much deeper. <clears throat> it has to do with the transformation of our hearts, mine and yours. And they don't change overnight. They evolve. But they do and they can change. And then if our hearts are changed, we're different people. And if we are different people, our world's a different place. It's as simple as that. From here to here and here, we need to change this and this. Who's still working on this? I'll put both up for me. Huh? Change these, change this. It starts here. I'm so mad no one told me to go see this movie. Did you see this? The Greatest Showman? Did you see this movie? I, I'm furious at some of you. You didn't tell me about this movie. And I took a nine-hour plane ride for me to watch this movie, right? Because as soon as a movie has musical attached to it, I just throw it in the irrelevant file, right? Nine hours, I mean, you know, I'm desperate. Okay, okay. Oh, game changer. And if you haven't, I mean, uh, you have to. You have to go see this movie. But it's about the greatest showman, and as a young boy, he gets laughed at. He's dirt 
poor, his dad gets laughed at, the family has nothing. And at one point in the movie, he goes to steal some bread, not because he's arrogant and wants to take things from people, but because he doesn't have anything to eat. And he grabs some bread and he's sprinting down this alleyway and the owner of the thing catches him and slams him, rips the bread out of his hands and slams him up against the brick wall. And he lays in this alley completely dejected. And a lady with a shawl over her face steps into the scene and hands him an apple. And then when the camera pans in, you can see her face is disfigured. It took a broken person to relate to this kid's brokenness, pain. And that to me is the seed of this whole story, which I wouldn't have time to share with you. But he becomes the greatest showman. And the world that he knew was cold. The world that he knew was violent. And it was about order and structure and external things. But he wanted to create a world that was full of love and laughter and joy. And that came and bubbled out from the heart. And if you haven't seen it, you, you just absolutely must. But here's the point. It was this little scene that changed everything. Somehow, we have to change what it's about. There's a scripture in Romans, and it's Paul writes about, he goes, the kingdom of God is not about what you eat or what you drink, but it's living a life of goodness, peace, and joy. Let's say it together. Goodness, peace, and joy. Eating, what, what, what is this saying? <clears throat> well, the first part of the verse, if you, you can throw it back up there. The first, thank you so much, is, is the kingdom of God is not about. So you have to start with what it's not about. Eating and drinking. Well, what, do you, what does that mean? Does that mean it's talking about we shouldn't go to restaurants? No, it's talking about the context is in a religious context. So a Jewish culture, what you eat and what you don't eat is very important because you're a good Jew or you're not a good Jew. So th these rules, religious rules, so just read that in. You can modernize it to say the kingdom of God is not about how well you attend church or who you're baptized by or whatever external things. Are you with me? Who grew up in a religion of some sort? Did it have any external boxes to check? Okay, so let's just, I'll paraphrase it. The kingdom of God is not about checking external religious boxes. Now you with me? But about joy. What the heck? It's about happiness? Yeah. It's about heart. It's internal, not external. This, was the, this is what Paul was trying to teach us. Now, um, I will tell you this, I want to read a little story from the book of Acts, and this is, um, I'll, I'll, I'll read this story, I'll try to tie it to the vision of our church, and I'll give you like a five-minute recap of our, of our trip to Greece, all in one. <laughs> this is from Acts 16, if you're, a, if you're a Bible reader sorts, and it's talking about Paul's travels as he leaves the, the, the Jewish area, and he moves further out, okay? This is important. 
Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. So it's the outward movement of the story. It moves, it explodes outward. And Paul's traveling in what is today Turkey, uh, Asia Minor, they called it in, in the Bible. And he came to Derby and Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy, whose mother was a Jewish a believer and uh, a father was a Greek. So they come to this town. Timothy becomes an important part. Um, uh, that's an important thing to just make a note of. He picks up Timothy along the way. All right? Uh, the brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him on the journey... So he circumcised him. Bless me. I could talk about this for about an hour because Paul does all kinds of writing and all kinds of teaching about how you don't have to be circumcised. Have you read this? All kinds of teaching about you don't have to be circumcised, you don't have to be circumcised, you don't have to. And he grabs this Timothy kid, and the first thing he does is take him to the office. For a procedure. Why? Some of you never read the Bible. You think it's boring. You, you don't. We'll come to it. Just make a note. So he circumcised him because of what? The Jews who lived in that area. Man, can you imagine the conversation with Paul and Timothy? Hey, Tim, come here. I got a lot of Jewish friends. It gets me in a lot of places. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty darn close. I was listening. And it's going to open a lot of doors for us. Would you mind? Again, he preaches over and over again. You don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. But would you mind? There's some things that I will ask you to do as your pastor, which I don't think I ask much. God's honest truth, I don't think I ask much. God's honest truth. I've been to church. Man, they put the heat on you. But if I could, during this series, could I ask you to do that might be a little painful for you? Like moving up a seat? Honestly, like giving a little money, like sharing a little bit of your time, like volunteering. It might be a little bit painful for you. And I'm not doing it because God's happier. Please, please, don't read anything I say into God's happier. It just, it might help us a little bit. Only reason. It might help us a little bit. Got it? God's not happier or less happy. It just might help us a little bit. Timothy's there. Why, why should I, again, do this? Paul goes, it just might help us. Timothy goes, this is literally where the, the, the phrase came from. He took one for the team. <laughs> this, no, this is where it came from. <laughs> Acts 16. It's, it's, it's in there. <laughs> As they traveled from town to town, they delivered... The decisions reached by the apostles, which was that people don't need to be circumcised. So the churches were strengthened and they grew in number. Now, the first part of our trip 
in Greece, we went the first like biblical sort of stopping point that we went to was a city called Philippi. Who's heard of Philippians or Philippi? Okay, so we go to Philippi, and uh, we get there, and our tour guide is explaining, and so her and I were sort of tag teaming, talking to the group, and she was doing such a great job. I let her do the majority there, and she was explaining the story of Paul coming over to Greece. And I could see that, like the deer in the headlights from our group, because obviously I'm not a good pastor. No one in our group knows the Bible. <laughs> Everybody's like, what? What is it? What story? And the, so I'm like, you should probably read it to them. All right. So this was read, Acts 16. And I thought if none of our group knew it, I could probably share it here because none of y'all know it either. All right. Paul, I know I offended a few of you. Just relax. Don't you? Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, Turkey. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the, you don't know any of these places, do yourself a solid and just look them up on a map. And here's why. Let's say this is Turkey. Ready? I should have had my map. Got it? Turkey. One, two, three. Asia Minor. Okay. Paul, way over here is Jerusalem. He's moving this way, but he's in this huge territory called Asia Minor. And so what you're reading in there that you don't get because you don't know all these places is Paul wants to loop back and he wants to cover this entire territory. He, he's like, I got to cover this area. But he's prevented, it says, by the Holy Spirit. And we don't know what that means. It's just a, a phrase. I don't know. Is there like a dove that, you know, we, we don't know. It just says he's prevented. So doors are shut. And sometimes we put language to things that we don't have any other explanation for. Is this true? A door shut. It didn't happen. It didn't work out. God didn't want me to. You and I do the same thing. We don't know. Paul's mission is to share this incredible good news. Stupidly good news. We now call it the gospel, but that word's been so watered it's hard to use for me anymore. Ridiculously good news about God's love and grace. Not about laws and rules and circumcision and external boxes, that you, but about grace, grace, grace. It's so good that it makes the religious people establish furious because they're not needed. Little sidebar. Anybody here, your doctor ever yell at you for looking up stuff online? <laughs> PO'd at you. Now, sometimes it's legit. You can look up. There's all kinds of nonsense online. But sometimes, a little bit of what? A little fear there. You're becoming a, I know you got seven volumes of all this, but those were 30 years ago, and this was right now, and I can find it right now online. I'm not telling you to self-diagnose. This is not a medical advice. But is it what I'm saying? All of a sudden, it's like, well, you're becoming less... That's how the whole world's going, by the way. No, whole series. I can do a series on it. Paul starts talking about this, and if you're the guy that hands out the get-out-of-jail-free cards, the get-into-heaven-free, the this is your sins are forgiven, you're not as important. They're furious at Paul. They start chasing him around. Paul's mission is about this ridiculous grace. 
There's ridiculous grace. So he's going to loop back in. And then he gets a vision. During the night, Paul had a vision. He settles in an area called Troas or Troy. Anybody? Brad Pitt? Trying to connect with anybody here? Movie? During the night, Paul had a vision. So this is a vision talk. of a man of Macedonia, we'll say today modern-day Greece. The vision said this. There was a man standing there saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Come to Macedonia and help us. Paul had never thought of going there. He had so much that he was in his mind. Anybody ever get stuck in a loop? Or a rut. Anybody? Get stuck? So Paul's going to get stuck in a loop. And so it takes this vision. It takes this vision to get him out of his loop, out of his box. And Paul was an out-of-the-box guy as they ever got. His message was out of the box. Ready? But his method was in the box. He's going to stay in Turkey. I want to take you to a whole new continent. I'm going to take you to a whole new continent. This is a whole new thing. I'm, I want to talk during this series about the direction of Orchard Grove. That in some ways I think I got caught in a loop. And I've I got across to a new continent. The mission is not different. It's still about the message of God's ridiculous grace. But sometimes you get caught in a loop and you're like, you get stuck. Anybody get stuck on something? And I've gotten stuck on a couple of things and I think it's time to hear the vision and be brave and step out. So I hope to share that with you. Sometimes the, the way we're doing something needs to change. You know what we're doing and it's all about helping people. The vision was help us. The vision is always about helping people, helping people, help people. If you change someone's heart, you change the world. That's what it's about. If you change someone's heart, you change the world. Hearts and actions are connected. This is important. Hearts and actions are connected. We, I do a good deed because it's in my heart to do a good deed. It flows from my heart. If I have a good heart, I'm going to do more good things. If I have a broken heart, I'm a hurt person, I tend to hurt other people. This is what we know. So if I heal the heart, more good things are going to come. But how do I heal the heart? See, it's a loop. If I do a good thing for my friend Ladon here, what does his heart feel like? It feels good. It just feels a little fuller. He's now more inclined to be good to the people around him. This is just how it works. If I beat him down and I degrade him and I demean him, it does something to his heart. And now he's more inclined. Ask any psychologist, sociologist, anybody that studies these things of human behavior, this is how it works. So what, what is it? The cross was the, was the seed, the seed that was planted that said, no, 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 no. When people are treating you bad, you treat them good anyway. It's infectious. 
That scene with the boy laying in the alleyway and the man giving him what he deserved, slamming him against the wall and taking the bread back. That's what he deserved on paper. On paper? Hello? You steal? You get it? But how many know we can't do everything on paper? Please, if you don't know anything, you should have responded to that. You can't do everything on paper. You can't do everything by the book. You can't do everything by the law or the religion or the U.S. Constitution for that matter. Whoops. We can't do it by the book, friends. We gotta do it by the spirit. And this lady stepping in with his apple, seeing a broken kid, seeing a hurting kid, said, This might change his life. And it did. It's doing the right thing. Which comes first, the action or the heart? We don't know. It's a loop. And when hurting people start hurting other people, and it just spirals. But Jesus did something to reverse that spiral. This would have to do with our view of what happened at the cross, which is another key part of what Orchard Grove is. And why we've even spent classes and time teaching people what the cross was actually about. And we don't believe that God is angry and therefore had to kill his son. We don't believe that. We believe God was in Christ, as the scripture says. That God was dying at the brutal hatred of certain slices of humanity and teaching us a better way. Grace, love, and forgiveness. We were coming home, and uh, I don't know what it is about vacations that make you absolutely exhausted. <laughs> is anybody with me? Who here would like to go back home and tell your boss, could I take a week off? I'm exhausted from my vacation. We go, we go to get on a ferry, and I get to Athens, I get a 6 a.m. flight. God bless 6 a.m. flights. Huh? International flight, 6 a.m. God love you. What time are we getting up? Or why should we go to bed is the better question. So I got to get on a ferry with Vicky and Charlie. We got to get on a ferry to get a, from an, and I know, I know there's no violins playing how horrible my life is because I'm on a Greek island, but nonetheless, um, try to feel some pain here. Uh, I go to the... Try Ladon. Just a minute. I know. I lost you, didn't I, when I said Greek island? All right. All right, I'll go over here. All right. See. See. I go to the desk and I said, uh, I mean, it was like, I got it. All I'm thinking is, I got to get to that hotel in Athens that's close to the airport as soon as possible so I can get some sleep with this baby. I go to the desk and I said, Oh, yeah, we're here for the, uh, you know, whatever it was, the noon ferry. Three-hour ferry ride back to Athens. Got it all dialed in. Might even have a little. Might even have an hour for last-minute shopping. People that we didn't get things for. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. That ferry's been canceled. Did Did you say canceled? Because you got my number. Yeah, that, that one's canceled. Just like that, like swim or what? And she's well. If you want to, uh, you could take the such and such such and such ferry. I'm like, well, what? describe that to me. She goes, like, well, it stops at like, it has like four stopping points. It's like eight and a half hours. <laughs> and it leaves in two and a half hours. 
could you say that again? And do you have any other, other options? He goes, no, no, there's no more other options. How many are in a bad mood right now? I'm in a bad mood. I'm, I'm, I'm in a bad mood. Right now I'm in a bad mood. And I don't know how much I showed. I'm trying to be a good representative to all of you, your pastor. I think I said, that's wonderful that you still have an option. Something like that. You'll never know what I said, but I, I got the other option, which there wasn't any, and we walked around, and walked around, and walked around, and walked around, and then we got on a ferry that was eight hours. When you got on the ferry, um, baby, stroller, you know, some people get it. They're like, oh, hey. A lot of people don't get it. Like, oh, he's slower. Cut in front of him. Right? Getting on the ferry, honest to God. Just literally just cut in front. And I'm, I'm losing my love of humanity. I am. I'm lo- I am. I'm losing. And you get on the ferry, and then I knew why once I got on there. There's all these couches and places to sit, but you got to get there. So we were Leonard literally, literally being the next, last or next to the last people on the, and we get up there, and of course, all the good seats are taken, and Charlie, it's okay, it's only going to be eight and a half hours, what are you thinking about? <laughs> so I learned, I'm dumb, but not that dumb, I learned that when they do these stops, you scramble for a seat, right? So I'm like, okay, babe, that's what's going on, right, right. You're here, right? And I told her we had this whole plan. It's a big boat. And I said, I'm scouting. We landed this thing. I'm scouting. And I did. And you start throwing stuff down, right? And they have all these announcements. Please don't leave your luggage on the seat. Screw you, right? (laughs) Other people said that. I was just, I couldn't understand the translation. I go up there. I got, because I got Charlie and Vicky, the other end of the boat. And I'm way in the front end. And I'm like, way up here, and I leave it there, because I'm going to lose, I know I'm going to lose a seat, right? I leave it there, and I run back, we're, we're, we're way up here, all the way in the front, just bring her, like that, that's literally what I did, and I went up there, and I sat, and I had a couch for me, and a little couch for Charlie and Vicky, like that, ah, <sighs> this ain't bad, I mean, I can, I can endure, eight hours, and I can handle eight hours here, I think, if I had this, so I sit down there, and I'm like, where are they? <laughs> now I'm mad at this human, where are they? And people are coming in. You know what I mean? This is true. People are coming in, and I, and I put the harness on this one with Charlie and a couple things are here, and I had a, a... And this lady comes in from another country, and she sits there, right? And she literally sat on the harness. Well, that was supposed to be for my wife and my baby. I'm mad. I'm not sure how much I showed Again, I was trying to be happy. She just sat right there. And I had all these thoughts in my head, like, hmm, 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 hmm. Anybody ever have a whole conversation in your head? Anybody? And uh, so after a while, Vicky and Charlie made it up. We'd squished onto one couch. And uh, I relinquished my, I pulled my belongings back over to our side of the couch. I'm human too. I get upset too. I was upset. I really didn't say anything, but I, inside, I was upset. You want to meet this lady? 
I want to show you a picture of her. I think we have a picture of her. Um, she was uh, from China. She didn't speak any English. And for a better part of the trip, she had Charlie in her lap, <laughs> singing to her in Chinese, teaching her dance moves like this. Not only was my trip good, I didn't have to watch my own daughter. <laughs> I, I kept trying to find out, ask her, where are you from? She, she didn't speak any English. We just, we just couldn't. She spoke baby. She spoke motherhood. She spoke love. She went like this. Can you show the picture with the seat between them? I think we have one more. That's how it started. Dad, is she okay? She's showing Charlie a video. Yeah, she's okay. If Charlie grows up believing no matter what you look like or how you talk or what language you use, that it's okay, Charlie's going to be a loving person. She's going to believe. She's going to trust. She's going to have faith in humanity. If we teach her the other, then we're going to have the other. Just for side grins, she, had a, she was showing Charlie pictures of Chinese dances, and she was singing Charlie's songs. And it went on and on and on. And the longer, the better. Thank God, the longer, the better. <laughs> Charlie confiscated some tea from her. She had a picture. No, God's not, one of the pictures that she showed her was um, Xi Jinping, the president of China, right? I mean, I think I could send Charlie in there for the trade negotiations. Just, I think so. You have, to, you have to make a decision. That little barrier between the couches, you got you to, like, step over it. You got to cross it. You got to know it's safe. You got to know it's good. Now, I'm out of time, but here's what I want. My prayer. This is personal. The Orchard Grove has been personal. And I don't mean because it has anything to do with me per se, but it's personal. Do you get what I'm saying? And um, I, I pray to God somehow it gets personal for you too. I just wish you'd give me six weeks to try to see if the seed would go deep enough. Now, I want to listen. I want to say one more thing. Because it's a thing that I get accused of, that somebody put a label on me and then people bought it. This is not church light. This is not, oh, he doesn't really give it to you the way. Listen very carefully to me because I'm going to defend myself here. I don't care what you wear. 
So you can call it a secret friend. You don't call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter. People thought, oh, they wear jeans and they give coffee and you can drink it. So that's church light or secret friend. I, those are all stupid labels. I don't care about them or you can have them or not. It doesn't matter to me. Listen, deeper does not mean meaner. Deeper does not mean more biblical verses. It's living them. It's understanding them. It's understanding what they are. The other day I went to a junior high football practice. And I watched a coach. And I, and I know, I mean, God bless anybody that would coach anything. <laughs> but I watched, this is how, this is how and, and this is so classic, young coaches, very classic, you know, I'll call them, I don't know if mistake's the right word, Cl- uh, classic trend. You want to show everything you know. So it's the flea flicker, the whiz-bam, the, you know, the toss back, all these really fancy plays. These kids barely know how to play. And I watched the end of the practice. This is truth. God's honest truth. I watched the end of the practice. They ran five passing plays in a row, junior high football. They had no defense. They completed, ready, zero out of five passes. Just think with me. Now, what? If you're, if you're trying to get good football, is this smart? If you can complete zero out of five with no defense, nobody running after you, nobody attacking you, and they can't get it to the right guy, should you be working on passing plays? No, but it's so sexy. It's so deep. It's so impressive. And you can tell the kids, and the kids can tell you, I ran a fly route, I ran a, I ran a flag pattern, I ran a hitch and go, and they have all these great terms. Paul said in the scripture, he says, don't get wowed by all the religious language, friends. Don't get wowed by it. What they should have been doing, learning how to push people out of the way. Put your cleats in the dirt and move somebody. But that's not sexy. I won't accept a label. This isn't deep. Deep is a very relative word. And sometimes what people do, and I'll, this is shallow. Pretending you can throw a pass when you can't complete one with no defense, that's shallow. It's just talk. And what we need is depth. And depth requires work. It requires understanding. It requires letting go of old and heavy things. So you can take on new and different things. This was Paul's challenge. This will be ours. This is the thing that we're going to talk about going forward. But the vision has to get personal. You have to feel it too.